Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast Mental Health Series. Today, we're bringing you the second episode in the series featuring previous guests sharing their stories of dealing with mental health challenges. Our goals with this series are to let the Real Turf Techs community know that you and your loved ones are not alone in facing mental health challenges, to decrease the stigma around talking about mental health, and to encourage people to seek help and support. Today, we'll be talking with one of our favorite newcomers to the industry, Wyatt Harris. Wyatt will be letting us in on his experience with depression and what helped him move from his darkest days to being able to enjoy his wonderful life, career, and family. All right, looking back, what were some of the early signs you were struggling? It's hard to figure out how to tell this story because I've struggled with it my whole life, like since I was a young, young kid various forms of mental health issues. I would say that depression started being a thing probably when I was an early teenager. And it's weird looking back from where I am now and thinking, wow, I was depressed that whole time. It was chemical. It was not the same thing going on with everybody else. You know, the intrusive thoughts from a very young age, I've experienced like suicidal thoughts and stuff pretty often. And as I got a little bit older, around the time of my first golf course jobs, that stuff all continued. But as I worked more and, and grew up more, the hopelessness of approaching adulthood, it really got, got to me. When I first started working at the Four Seasons, I was pretty big. I was like 210 pounds. For me, that was pretty big at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's because in the previous years, it was basically a kind of compulsive eating stemming from all the, feels weird to say, but all the depression for years leading up to that. I think about that, just the way that I ate so much and the way that I just didn't see any future. And I I look back now and I think that whole time I had a lot of options. There's a lot of stuff I could have done to change my life and make it better. Mm -hmm. But what the depression does is it sucks you into this hole. It gets you all spun up and, and into this fatalistic place where it's like, my life sucks. This all sucks and it's not going to change. There's nothing I can do to change it. And it's just going to perpetually go downhill from here. And there is no future. How I felt for a long time from early teenager to recently, I just turned 26, probably until the past few years, the attitude in my head was, I'm not going to be around that long and I'm not going to do it today, but Eventually, I'm just going to turn the switch off. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. That's that's how it was. Like, I'm going to stick around and and see what happens for a while, but eventually I'm, you know, I'm going to go get the shotgun. Wow. As a kid, that's what was going on with me. And as a freaking adult too, I can say that once I got to where I work now, I probably told you I was on the crew and I took a spray tech position at the Four Seasons here and job was the worst possible thing for my brain because of what I was going through because of the hopelessness and nothing's ever going to change. This is never going to get better. I'm never going to do anything. 
combined with all the time behind a wheel, you know, mm-hmm. eight, yeah, 10 yeah. hours just driving this machine. Right. My brain was just rotting on that thing. And there were times where I was just at work. I would just start crying because I just hated my life so much. Mm-hmm. So you would see me spraying a green and you have no idea that what I was thinking about at that moment was going to my car and getting my gun and shooting myself in the head. Wow. That's where I was at. Yeah. No, that's terrible. But what kind of helped you move from that point to where you are now? That can be explained with sort of the next stage there, which is my wife. Basically what made me decide to, uh, to get help. And, and prior to this point, I had done a little bit of therapy, which was helpful. Mm-hmm. And I advise anybody to just try it. It's profoundly helpful to, to pay somebody to listen to your problems that is trained in more optimal ways to respond to them. You, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's very, very helpful. With that being said, I do want to say if you try a therapist and you don't like that therapist, yeah. find another therapist. There's a lot For of sure. therapists out there and there's a lot of really, really good ones. And find one that works with your personality. I was going to say that too. If I had stuck with the one I had long-term or if I had kept going to therapy, I probably would have switched to a different one. Just like everything else under capitalism, there's no guarantee that they're going to be any good. From that point, when my daughter was born, that's when it was getting bad. You know, the day-to-day, the grind Mm -hmm. of, you know, first of all, the late stages of the pregnancy and the birth and then the early months of it, that, that spiral that depression sends you into, there's a lot of, what did I do here? Like I've completely messed up my life and now there's no going back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more of like, wow, I've really done it this time. Now everything I ever wanted to do now, it's really never going to happen. And and that's all depression. Like my life is great. You know, Mm -hmm. right, right. It it really, it really is. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean that, and I would tell you if I did, but it got to a point where we're trying to take care of this baby and my wife needs help and something would happen that just shut me down. I would just be like, that was too much. These four things that happened today were too much. Now my brain is done. Wow. I'm now, I'm now depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now in the pit and I want to die and I can't function. You know, yeah, so I'm yeah. kill the next three hours or more being completely useless and terrible while you're trying to deal with this baby. Like, it, it got to a point where I was like, I have to do something here and I have to be able to be functional mm-hmm. or this is really going to go downhill. And, right, uh, yeah. my, how should I say this? I guess I'll say without talking about anybody else's medical situation, somebody I know went on an antidepressant. And uh, it made a huge difference with them Mm -hmm. and it was visible and and they described it as being really, really helpful. And I certainly wasn't opposed. You know, I've, I've certainly (laughs) experimented with my fair share of psychoactive substances in my life. So I I don't have any opposition to to trying anything. Once that person's close to me described it that way, I I was like, well, I'm just going to go to my doctor and see what they say. And I, I got on an SSRI. Okay. And it's been profoundly helpful. Awesome. I was, a, I was a mate. It's, you mentioned you're on one. So I, I, maybe it's the same for you. 
or maybe you'll delete that part out. Oh, Is that no, okay no. if I say that? Okay. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Anyway. Not here. I found it just stabilizes everything. It makes the lows less low. Maybe it makes the highs less high. I don't know. Mostly it makes the lows way less low. It stabilizes your mood. That's been my experience with it. It's, it feels like there's rebar through my brain. It's less likely to just start disincorporating up there and, and fall, you know, mood-wise. It just holds it up enough so that stuff just doesn't affect me as much, which I personally need. Mm-hmm. And it's made a huge difference. After the first month of letting it start working, I noticed, you know, home situations, I'm less likely to get freaked out or angry. Work situations, too. Mm-hmm. It's like actually, well, honestly, like especially work situations, something's not working right. And now we got to figure out why that's way less emotional. I'm way better at staying detached and just being real calm about things. Just let's just figure this out, which is not how it was before at right. all. I would get freaked out. So that's how I got to where I am now, which where I am now, I would say is, is better. I don't have as many in- intrusive thoughts, certainly suicidal thoughts, stuff like that. Don't get as low. I can tell you it was real bad coming from where I was, the kind of stuff that was going on in my brain and to not have it anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really dramatic difference. And it, it makes me think like, wow, this was just neurochemistry the whole time. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and that's the thing with your brain, I mean, you can't turn it off. You know, it's no. just constantly going. Mm-hmm. And the more you, try not to think about something that you shouldn't be thinking about the more you think about it. Yeah. At least that was my experience. Absolutely. I have an extremely obsessive personality. So, I mean, my brain would just get going in circles about a wide variety of stuff. And then it would eventually wear itself out because like you think in my job that I had when I was a spray tech, it's just 10 hours or eight hours of, of thinking time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I would just sit there thinking about all this stuff and my brain would just get fried to the point where it just wouldn't function anymore because it was metabolically expensive to do that essentially. And mm-hmm. then that it's almost like that left it susceptible, almost like stress turf, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being alone with your thoughts is not necessarily a good thing sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when you're in the state of depression or whatever you have going on at the time. Well, that's kind of why I said in our, our first podcast, like, that's what I like about this job too. It's just challenging all day. It keeps your yeah. brain occupied all right. day, which is very helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that too. What did you learn from going through your struggles? That was not normal. I mean, I guess it's hard to explain. I don't know that I've learned anything. I guess I've learned that I needed an SSRI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've learned other things. There's stuff that's particular to me, I guess, that was helpful, but like. It was helpful to talk to the people, correct? Yes. It was helpful at that point to talk to someone who was paid to talk to me by me. I'm not affected by any sort of stigma. I don't care about that at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's partially generational, but I don't have any complexes about I can't talk about this because people are going to think I'm less of a man. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not a, that's not a thing for me. And besides I choke people for fun, but like, 
for me, the, the issue is more, it's not like, oh, people are going to think I'm weak. It, it's more that I'm sensitive to the emotional labor that I'm asking other people to do mm-hmm. by listening to my stuff. Yeah. Especially when it's one thing to tell your friend, hey, I'm really stressed at work and I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And that's taking care of your mental health. Mm-hmm. So to anyone that's, I mean, you got to understand where I'm coming from is I was 15 years old and I was thinking one of these days I'm going to get the shotgun and go behind my house and blow my brain out. Mm -hmm. And I would think about that all the time. Wow. That's where I'm coming from. So for me to just talk to my friend about that, that's a lot to ask of my friend. Well, especially at 15 and your friend's probably not mentally prepared to handle that either. No. And any adult you're going to talk, but it, there's no difference between the thoughts at 15 and the thoughts at you know, when I was 22, I could, but I, I can't just talk to people about that. Right, right. It's so much to put upon them and, and you need a professional help and not just so that you don't feel bad about making someone else do that labor, but just so that they say the right things or something approximating a, a right thing. When you pay somebody who's a professional, you don't have to worry about that because you're compensating them for the service that they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And for the the listeners, I guess, that don't have the extreme stuff that I was going through, like, yeah, it's good to talk to your friends or your coworkers or whatever. Like, it's okay to be like, hey, I I need a break today. We should talk to each other in that language. This is too much for me right now. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And you should, but you got to get help. It's valuable to get professional help too. I think that's probably always going to be worth it. Yeah, I agree. If you're struggling. And I think it's important to get to know your coworkers on a more personal level. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, whether they want to discuss their problems or not, it's pretty easy to tell if something's eating on them one day or another. Mm-hmm. And just asking them, you know, what's going on today? You okay? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. And if we're talking about work, which we are here on this podcast, it's recognizing that certain stuff fries your brain as equipment techs. One thing that I find really mentally exhausting at work is trying to find parts. Oh yeah. 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 I always try to recognize that just because you weren't out here getting after it physically, you, you fried your brain a little bit doing that. I mean, you were just in there for an hour. You talked to 10 different people on the phone and you get a break, dude. Yeah. 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 It's chill, chill out for a while. That's the kind of stuff that culminates in burnout. Mm. And not thinking that it has an effect. It's not just your body. It's your brain. Oh, well, yeah. Because a lot of us are demanding on ourselves. You know, we have our expectations. Our superiors have their expectations. And then out of all those expectations, some guy on the crew does something stupid. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. I got this, I got this, I got this. So it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed, I think, in our industry. And the brain, it's just an organ that that consumes energy just like the other ones. And we should not assume that if you have something eating at you emotionally, that's subtracting from the same energy bar that fixing this green mower does. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if you've got some crazy stuff going on at home, you're already 80% drained. You only have 20% to do your job with. 
you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, anyway, right, right. you know what no, I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's all taxing. You can't compartmentalize your life like that. It's the same brain. You know, it's, I think we all just have to recognize that. And I think that's kind of what you're saying before mm-hmm. when something seems off with somebody, you got to take that into account. That's kind of what I was getting at. No matter if they tell you what's wrong or not, is you realize they have some kind of issue. I do think it's nice to ask them if they want to talk about it, but if they don't want to talk about it, at least, you know, yeah. you're going to lay off on them. Take it a little exactly. easier on them that day. Yeah, exactly. Lay off on them. But that's not the time to increase the in- right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I want to be honest, I've, I hadn't always been there. Because, you know, 15 years ago, it was go, go, go. I don't care what you got going on. We got to get stuff done. So that's part of getting older, I guess. What is life like for you? Good. And I never thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I want to live. That's awesome. I think I'll be alive in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've never been there before. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. That's really, really good. I think I might get better at my job. I don't care if you get better at your job. I want you to be alive in 10 years. And I, I think I might do other stuff too, you know? Yeah. So that's how I'm doing. That's how awesome. I'm doing, how I'm doing is I, I feel really lucky to have a beautiful daughter and a fuck amazing wife. My friend's coming over later and we're going to train some jujitsu in the garage and that's going to be cool. Okay. Awesome. And, yeah. and that's where I'm at and that's all I'm worried about. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's all. I used to be worried about a bunch of crazy shit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm good. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to share your story? Well, everyone else was talking about it. There was some stuff on Twitter, on the turf Twitter. Some people were posting some things about it, and I retweeted something. Matthew, right? Yeah, yeah. It was Matthew Matthew in the chat. He posted a, a very poignant. A voice message actually, which was cool to hear his voice mm-hmm. saying that. And so he he talked about his experience, you know, having a mental breakdown when he was younger. And I thought, I'm just gonna say this because I don't have any problem talking about this mm-hmm. at all. And uh, you know, mine went pretty hard. That post I made, I'm I was glad yeah. when some people finally responded to it. I, I was pretty much just like, it may have come off weird, but I, I just wanted to kind of put it in terms of we're similar. All of us yeah. in this group, here's what's, yeah. here's what's going on. I do this job. We all do this job. We have the same experiences every day, but here are some experiences that I have. And I talked about some, I have some pretty extreme experiences in my brain, you know? And so when we see people around us that are just like us, but this is what's going on with them, mm-hmm. I guess the motivation is to me, this needs to be a mundane topic to talk about. You know, it's great to make your Twitter post and share the mental health hotline number and, and stuff, but this shouldn't be like a special thing. This needs to be a, a mundane topic that we talk about with each other and with ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a health issue. And yeah, and we so, talk about all the other health issues. Yeah. I come to work, I complain about my back. Uh huh. Like everybody knee. goes to work and yeah. complains about their back. And if it's a more extreme thing, you should feel comfortable talking about that too, because I'm going through it or I went through it. Yeah. And more or less like all of you, at least in terms of what we do at work. I mean, so it's not weird. No, it's definitely not weird. And I think, I mean, just the few that spoke up in the group, 
proves that it's not that weird. And it, it did feel kind of weird to talk about it because of the tone of what we talk about in the group typically. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to talk about this forever, but it's good for us to to just put this statement out there. This isn't weird. Okay. Right. You guys, someone needs to talk. It, it, it's all good. Some people are probably like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you know, good for you. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly good. right. Good, good for them. If they've never experienced anything like that, but I think the other important thing is just the awareness of it. So if one of your coworkers or a family member or whoever goes through something like that, maybe you'll have a little bit better idea of how to handle it. The assumption is that no one else around you is going through, but that might not necessarily be true. I was very surprised to hear you, to hear what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, so. Well, I mean, I think everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people probably look out there and say, that guy has everything going on or that gal has everything and they have the perfect life and all that. But most of the time that's not the case. Yeah. There's something happening. Yeah, there, there's something going on. I can put it this way. Like I said, the generational thing earlier, but pretty much everybody that I know, like all my friends in my age group, mm-hmm. they've all got something going on. My yeah. wife is at her own struggles. Pretty much all of my friends have had their own, whether it's anxiety problems, depression, or other stuff. So this is a very mundane topic for me. It's amazing how many people are going through stuff, you know? Anyway. Right. Yep, yep. No, I guess I agree. I guess it's not amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to look at it. You'd be amazed. I guess it's a better way to say it, like how common it is really. Yes, I think it is very, very common. You have anything else you want to share or talk about? No, just take care of your brains, everyone. And if you're thinking about crazy dark stuff with any regularity, probably not normal. Probably go see a professional about that. There you go. I like it. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you, White, for sharing your story. It can be challenging to find a good therapist. Jumping through insurance hoop, trying to find someone who's not a good fit for you, but it's worth it. Just do it, and it will change your life. And also, getting medication can change your life. So don't be scared. There's people out there that can help, and it's worth seeking them out. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Techs podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Techs. See you bye.